progress came and took its toll And in the name of flood control They made their plans and they drained the land Now the glades are going dry And the last time I walked in the swamp I sat up on a cypress stump I listened close and I heard the ghost Of Osceola cry The opinions expressed on Tomahawk Talk do not reflect that of WVFS Tallahassee. From the highest point on Florida State's campus and the hottest room in Seminole Sports, this is Tomahawk Talk. I'm your host, Luke Fay. We, of course, will start off the show with a reaction to the shocking firing of Florida State head coach Willie Taggart after the Knowles fell 27-10 against rival Miami this past weekend. We will discuss what is next for the program, what coaches stand out to replace Coach Willie Taggart, and how the Knowles can refocus headed into Boston College this weekend in chilly Chestnut Hill. Oh, and by the way, the Nationals won the World Series on, what was it, Wednesday, Gary? Yeah, it was Wednesday. So call into the show at 850-644-1837. Tomahawk starts right now. We have a jam-packed show tonight featuring my boss and co-host, Gary Putnick. Gary, it has been a wild Sunday. We had an emergency podcast on uh, Sunday night. It's been a lot so far the past couple days. I was on the golf course when it all went down. Ironically, I was on the golf course when Willie Taggart was hired. Wow. So, I don't know. It was weird. <laughs> I was on the golf course when LeBron James went back to Cleveland. It's a it's a special place, yeah. the golf course. You remember exactly where you were. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and I'll say this. Brett Rutherford over to my right, he gave me the call and said, Willie Taggart is gone. I thought he was talking about it, one of his friends who came and visited him. And said, <laughs> said, oh, he's, he's gone, gone for the he's weekend. Gone. You know, thank God. No. But no, no, it was it was it was a bit of a sad day, I'll be honest. But uh, I, I'm sure we're going to unpack everything and more tonight uh, within the hour. Making his triumphant return to the show is Michael Hudak, the Hudak highlight, former host of Tomahawk Talk, WCTV morning anchor, my close friend, and I would say the author of my first sentence in Tomahawk Talk. Highest point on Florida State's campus in the hottest room in Seminole Sorts. Stole that one from the best right here. Mike, how was it? First of all, things have really changed since the last time I've been in here. That was a, an abrupt entrance to the show. I used to have Superstition by Stevie Wonder playing. And, uh, yeah, that used, you know, used to be more like a bang, bang. But You know, we had we had to turn it into a Seminole vibe. You know, blow Seminole wind. That's 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 the new, new hierarchy, right, Gary? Exactly. Well, Mike... <laughs> Yeah, how was how has your job been the last couple of days, given everything that's happened well, with Florida State? You know, I gotta admit it. Earlier today, I saw a former V eighty nine alum as well, Aria Masudi. I saw him in University Center D about five minutes before that press conference that took place uh, earlier today. And you know, the first thing he said to me, "Oh, the the morning show guy." <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that that was funny. Like, quite honestly, you know, I haven't been covering that much sports lately in the job that I've had with the morning show with WCTV over the last six or seven months. But, you know, I've been, like, following up on Twitter and Facebook and all those things. I think, like, there's been some stuff that's happened recently that we could possibly talk about, maybe fill up a, an hour show with. Well, I, I totally agree. And let's get that reaction. Willie Taggart was fired from Florida State after a 27-10 to 10 loss. It did not look good for the Knowles. I was not at the game. Of course, I was covering TCC men's and women's basketball, which did kick off this past weekend. They put on a better showing than Florida State. It did not look good. I had said this from the very beginning. 
um, a couple of weeks ago, if he does not go perfect against Boston College, Syracuse, and uh, and Miami, he was gone. And a lot of people said, well, if he goes 2-1, and one, I think they'll still keep him around. you got to win that Miami game. The reason why the Miami game is most important is because those boosters that are showing up to the game, that's the one game a year they show up, all that money, all that power, influence, all together at one point. When, when the money starts talking, my girlfriend told me that they recognized some boosters that were giving five-plus million dollars on the field during the game. You don't think that $20 million privately funded uh, by those boosters came within 24 hours? That's not shocking to me, Gary, at all. No, I wasn't surprised at all. But I just was surprised with the whole timing that it all went down. Because I had no yep. – obviously, we all knew there was going to be some boosters in town. That's not a surprise to anyone. But just the fact that it came out on like 3 o'clock on a Sunday, I was I would, didn't expect it. I, I didn't expect it at all. It, it was wild to me because – you think that they would go up to Boston College and then really win that game, go to Alabama State, win that game, and then he'd be fired after the Florida game. What stood out to me was A.D. Coburn. He said that 6-6, six and six, frankly, is not good enough. And Mike, at this point, it isn't. He made the decision, and he factored in the recruiting ticket sales all, all about but was this the right decision for Florida State? I think it was the right decision. I think it was a little bit early. I thought I said it yesterday. I thought it was a little premature. I thought it was a little impulsive. And um, and here's why. That to me, the the problems that showed up in a 27 to 10 loss to Miami kind of reared their head all all too often um, throughout this season and throughout flashes of last year as well. Obviously, we know the way that last year went. But at the end of the day. I understand that 9-12 and 12 doesn't cut it. I understand mm-hmm. that 0-5 against rivals Florida, Miami, and Clemson doesn't cut it. And I understand that losing to those three three teams that I mentioned by a combined score of 143 points yep. does not cut it. And going 1-7 and seven on the road, that doesn't cut it uh, as well. But what happened yesterday, what Florida State did yesterday, was that, yeah, Sunday, yesterday around like 3 o'clock, when they terminated contract, um, terminated uh, Willie Taggart's contract, was that they terminated that contract of a guy that was a Florida State um, diehard, a diehard Florida State fan, true and true. But but more so to me, what stood out was that he was officially the fifth Power Five coach in the last twenty years to get fired during or directly after the second year on the job. Most guys get four years. Does that show the expectation that Florida State is is supposed to win right away no matter what? I mean, how many times? The, the first time last year in, what was it, 40-plus years that Florida State did not go to a bowl game and have a winning season. Absolutely, but Willie Taggart inherited a national championship program, but he inherited a mediocre football team. When yes. he got, yeah. I, I think people forget how bad things were when Jimbo left and and how much of a stain that left on the program and I'm not sure that anyone would able would be able to come yep. in and right the ship right away well part of that is, is still on Taggart he did kind of advertise this team as he didn't say it was a rebuild he said coming in last season they were going to win right away he said they really liked the roster they really liked the guys they had we all knew pretty quickly that that wasn't the case if he had maybe changed the expectations himself going into last season. I'm not saying he'd still be the coach today, but things might be a little different. You you can argue, though, that looking at Willie Taggart, what he did off the field with grades, keeping guys in line, that part of, of his tenure was great, way better than Jimbo Fisher. If, if Jimbo Fisher's regime had kept going on, their APR score, which keeps teams eligible for championships, for um, ACC championships, national championships, that score wasn't going to keep Florida State eligible. So he changed that part, but what it really shows is the only thing that matters is what's on the field, and the product on the field was not good enough. I think it was an emotional firing in the sense of maybe a little bit too early, but it had to be done. If they were going to fire him at the end of the season, if they had made that decision, I'm glad they went ahead and did it yesterday. I'm glad that they now have the rest of the season to to try and find a coach. The search is already on. I know there's rumors being thrown around, a lot of tinfoil hats on. But if I, I personally, I would give them you know, an, a whole other year. But if they had made that decision that at the end of the season, no matter what happened, they were going to fire him, I'm glad they went ahead and did it yesterday. And I appreciated what David Coburn had to say in that press conference. Quite honestly, from what I was hearing, I was not expecting that much of an um, extensive, in-depth look at the process of, of yeah. letting go of Taggart. I yep. was more so expecting, here is the savior Odell Hagens and everything's great and let's do the chop. It, this was a lot of clarification, but I don't want people to necessarily forget 
what David Coburn had to say about seven or eight days ago when the Tallahassee Democrat came out with an article basically saying, okay, there's starting to be some rumors here that they're, that they're having these meetings and, and having yep. booster meetings and people are having phone calls, even after victories of we need to be ready to have this buyout possibly in place, which they haven't even agreed to yet. Coburn mm-hmm. said that as well. The figure's $18 million. That doesn't even, even factor in assistant coaches that may not be there. One of the things that stood out to me, Mike, is he said everyone else is staying. Harlan Barnett is not released, and and you can for this season for for, for, for this the season rest of this year. But yeah. but you can argue that by Willie Taggart keeping Harlan Barnett, that really did not help help the his job. Jim Levitt, we don't really know if he's going to be staying around. I I, I did a little bit of of snooping around. His Twitter bio kind of changed. There's nothing on there that uh, <laughs> says that he is a defensive analyst at Florida State. I don't know where this program goes, but. Should should Florida State keep part of the staff um, on the team other than Odell Higgins, which most likely will be staying? No, I I, th- I think it's going to be really interesting to see what they do. Kendall Bryles, this is his first year on the job, and and I think Florida State, with the money they spent bringing him and Randy Clements in, they had to buy them out of their previous contracts. They're not going to want to see them hit the road after next season. They just dropped you know at least eighteen million, and I know it's not worked out yet to buy out Willie Taggart. So it's going to be really interesting to see what they do with the staff moving forward. Yeah, I, Kendall's the one guy that I think FSU has to really keep on this team. And I, I like Kendall and what he's done this year. Yes, he's had a few games here and there that really do look bad like this Miami one. But he's going to be – I think he's going to be a big piece going forward. And I thought it was interesting that, you know, you brought up the the excitement that – the hype that Willie Taggart seemed to bring on with him coming into The spring his... game, 60-plus thousand people. The Virginia Tech game – Mike, if you look at what Coburn said, he, he mentioned that Virginia Tech, it, it looks so similar to the Miami game. That was a reason it why. It looked eerily similar. The Miami game specifically reminded him of the Virginia Tech game. For when we all we all saw it, it was a Monday night game where FSU got blown out at home. And the energy that happened before toe hit leather and after toe hit le- le- the the right there, that discrepancy, yeah. very noticeable. But 60,000 people still had to show up. Yeah. I f- to that spring to a spring game to the mo- to the most uh, to the least significant scrimmage of the spring some people call <laughs> it and I would agree I think that we can put some of that hype we can put some of that on Taggart but we were all there when he rolled up in three Escalades in front of Doe Campbell Stadium in the Unconquer statue. The Seminole Sound, they didn't have to be out there. They wanted to be out there. I was tracking all his flight we, in the middle of the night the night we, before coming I'll, in from I'll the never forget when, when we were at the spring game and he walked around the entire stadium and high-fived every single fan that was along the stadium. That's when you knew we, he cared about it. But We cannot forget how much we played and by we i mean florida state media but florida state faithful this is a campus radio station after all how much of a role we played in that hype as well he brought it on with Mm -hmm. the sayings and the and the dancing and the swag surfing on the sidelines war daddy yeah of course that was looking back it seems like a little bit too much but at the time it was everything that this program needed it was everything that we loved it was everything that we appreciated it was so the opposite of jimbo fisher which felt so so much better and he was much better with the media now in year two that kind of changed a little bit but if you look at the guy Willie Taggart, the person, is so much better than Jimbo Fisher. But at this point, I don't think they can hire another Willie Taggart players coach guy. I, I don't think they could. Uh, yeah, where do they go? Like, We'll get into, obviously, who is in the search. But, yeah, it's going to be tough to find a guy who's going to bring that same kind of energy but also keep that same kind of discipline on the field. Because, obviously, there was all the, the discipline issues in terms of penalties. The penalties were an awful part of this team, and They're- it really killed them at a lot of points. Gary, let's look at the Miami game because you yeah. bring up penalties and, mm-hmm. and let's actually talk the about quarter. it. Look the, the first quarter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it was brutal. The first half, Florida State had eight penalties for 60 yards. That is not a way you win a football game. If you look at the advanced stats, Florida State is the eighth worst team in the country when it comes to penalties. They are not a good team discipline-wise. And the I, the overarching thing was he... He said that they were going to get it fixed, that there was going to be no unnecessary penalties. Look at the the fair catch interference. What was that? There was no reason for it. 15-yard penalty that changes the game. A lot of people will look to Cam Akers' fourth and one from about the 45-yard line of... That's the one part that really turned that game around. It really changed the field position for that game. It came off a turnover, and they didn't choose to flip the field position, and that... 
and that led to a Miami score, and it I, kept leading to Miami scores and leading Miami to keep pinning Florida I may State be, on their own end. Gary, I may be in the minority. I don't necessarily uh, get on them for that call. I like being aggressive. Everything I like the but call. It, it just first. you know the you know what the <laughs> offensive line is capable of, and mm-hmm. they can't move the power on fourth and one. Florida State allowed the most sacks in Florida State history mm-hmm. against Miami. Nine that was nine sacks. That's that, that's not a winnable game. You look at everything in the grand picture, but it comes down to the penalties, the discipline, mm-hmm. and lining up in the wrong spots. And that's where it was the early similar to Virginia Tech, Mike. Mm-hmm. And But everything that reared its ugly head in the Miami game, I will admit, is the reason why it epitomizes why he was let go. You know, the lack of discipline, the penalties, the, the offensive line, line mm-hmm. being as atrocious as it is, and then your quarterback not really being able to do much with it. I know no. they don't really have that much of an option, but that's the case. They did have an option. I, I mean, you, you, you bring also, in a quarterback that can't throw the ball downfield in a game where you're going to try to run wildcat, and then you got to make. Then you bring in Alex Hornibrook to throw screen passes. Like the offense was so one-dimensional on Saturday, and that really, really hamstrung them. We we talk a lot about what if Sam Howell went to Florida State. You look at what he's doing at North Carolina. He's 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 being a great quarterback. Florida State doesn't know what Jeff Sims will do for recruiting. Florida State doesn't know what any recruits are going to yeah. do. A lot of people, Jalen, what was it, Jalen Knighton? Is, is Highest-rated offensive player in the class so far. And he just today. decommitted from Florida State. You look at everything around, Miami was not a good team. They were one of the worst teams in the ACC, and they came in to your stadium and beat the barn doors off you. They did not even play the greatest game, and, and Florida State just – could not get it moving, and now not very many people ask the question about what the game going forward is going to look back uh, like. I everyone said let's go Hornibrook, let's go Hornibrook. I was on the cautionary side. I thought it would have been fine just riding out Blackman. Would Blackman have won the game for Florida State given what the offensive line did? Probably not. Blackman no. was but now, twice but in his yeah. short time that he yeah, was. But in. now you look at the whole picture. Who does Florida State even throw out there against Boston College because they did not look good the last time they played. They lost by thirty-two. It's, on the road. It's scary because in this game you need to run the football. I think because of the conditions, but also because of where you are as a total unit offensively. Yeah. The way that you have the offensive line shaped right now, the quarterback play that you have had. We also got to mention the atrocious performance by FSU secondary and some of the, the still shots that we've seen from... <laughs> are you bringing up the Stanford Samuels the one? The Stanford Samuels play, but there were a couple other ones too. Um the, the still shots from this Miami game is what I'll remember most. People going on and pausing their the game on like whatever they can now on their phones and, mm. and taking a screenshot of like the entire FSU offensive line on the ground and the entire Miami defensive line in the backfield or Stanford Samuels going with his arms stretched out as a receiver is right in front of him and just caught like a 60-yard pass. I mean, there were so many things that have been struggles across the spectrum of Taggart's time here that were so exacerbated on Saturday, it was not even it was real. It seemed like it was a nightmare. Yeah, everything just came together and crashed in upon Florida State, and they kind of just imploded in that one moment there. So, Gary, looking looking at what is going forward, what coaches we'll see, I know we're going to have Jay Sutton calling in and talk about his personal relationship with Willie Taggart. You saw a bunch of um, f- players, current players, uh, come out and support, and, and I've heard – I've heard mixed things, uh, but the overarching thing is people people are rooting for him to succeed somewhere else, but this job might have been too big for him to start. Yeah, the stage was too big, the lights were too bright, the seat ended up being way too hot for him. Like, everything just got... It, it was great in theory, because he is a great guy, and I really did want him to succeed. And, like, he seems like a great person. But, like you said, moments just got too big. It just, like, things couldn't go right for him here. Let's let's talk about just the Miami as a team. Does this change your perspective, guys? On Manny Diaz, the other day was a laughing stock in in the eyes of Florida State. If you compare both teams, does this change the perspective of where Miami can go as a team with Manny Diaz no. after year one? In terms of how I see them now, no, I still think they're a bad football team. I think Florida State's just an even worse football team at the moment. But in terms of Manny Diaz's career at Miami, that's a huge win. To go on in, in year one, to go on the road to Tallahassee, I don't care how bad Florida State is. That's a big game to Miami fans and Florida State fans alike. For him to go in there and pick up that win and pick it up by three scores, yeah, it's a big win for Manny Diaz and, and the Hurricanes. Uh, I, 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 again, I just don't think 
they're quite there yet. But if he wants the U to be back, I mean, that's a good first step. It's, Mike? it's not the victory itself. It's the way that they won. I, yeah. I, I agree with that. Um, and it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't really matter where Florida State is as a program because what matters to boosters, what matters to the higher-ups is, is just finding a way to beat the rival. That's the big thing that's you know uh, loomed over uh, Jim Harbaugh's head at Michigan. That's something he has not been able to do, and it, you know, he still has a job. That's something Taggart clearly could not do in just a year and a half, and he does not have a job. Um it was a, you know, I don't really know where Miami's going from here. It's a little unpredictable given what else is sitting in the ACC. They almost um, beat Florida and Florida State in year one with Manny Diaz, and and in not a very good team. It might even establish. Florida game was early. Yeah, yeah Florida, Florida, zero. different yeah. situation. <laughs> but but Jaron Williams yeah, looked right. pretty good out wrong. there. Yeah. He looked pretty good out there against Florida State. It's got to give them confidence and. If you beat your rivals, that's something you have up in recruiting. I know Miami loses the most recruits out there, but it can be a scary team going forward. Florida State looks like, once again, this was a three-year build for Willie Taggart, and they're back to square one. It's probably another three to four years well, before Florida State wins 11 games. Well, say the roles reverse. Say Florida State won on Saturday. Say Willie Taggart is still the head coach. We probably wouldn't look at this Florida State team any different as a whole. Oh, but we'd be in a much better attitude if we'd beat the Miami Hurricanes on Saturday in this studio tonight. But yeah. see, that's why I wanted to bring up what Coburn said seven, eight days ago, that if Willie Taggart was hit by a bus, they wouldn't target Urban Meyer, and they're behind him right away, and these reports and these rumors of possibly letting Taggart go are, are completely falsified. And well, Coburn just hit him with that bus. So Literally, mm -hmm. they turned on it so quickly that it, you have to look at it as the it's the fashion with which they lost the Miami game. None of those things were strange, you know, or you know, different from what we've seen from this program over the last year and a half. I just want people to kind of nothing has really changed. But Mike, doesn't that worry you that if it's just in the fashion that they lost that game, that this was an impulsive decision to fire Willie Taggart? Does that worry you that they don't have a plan in place? No, they have to have a plan. If, if Mike was saying a week ago that there was stuff coming out about booster meetings and everything board of trustees but the school which denied is completely, it which, no they mm, well no they not, they denied it do we believe the denial I don't yeah. but to, no no but that. they did have it's a board now. they but, did have a board of trustees meeting on thursday and he was saying well it was before the miami game we didn't know he was gonna get I fired know that after it wasn't the syracuse game but the game before that the law the loss before that there was a phone conference with the top up boosters i know that much yeah. they have said to this day adamantly that there was nothing discussed in that mass phone call about a buyout specifically I find that hard to believe oh yeah. am I just dismissing that and kind of going against this the boosters of the Florida State football program I don't want to but I don't want to believe that plus it's kind of in the past at this point Mike Mike um, it was it was an impulsive decision but you got to think they made the decision because they know that time is of the essence whatever guy they're trying to hire is going to start a job somewhere soon or or get get a, an extension if you're looking at Bob Stoops, the XFL Renegades have not started the season, but sure as hell are going to try to get him on Florida State's football team if they can. Mm -hmm. And he's and their their season's nearing. They start like was it the week right after the NFL season ends? Yeah, they, it's like a the spring AAF league. Did. It's yeah. it's going to be a spring league. But this is not all on Willie Taggart losing the game. You look at the quarterback play was not great. Offensive line play was not great. Uh, Cam Akers couldn't get going because of how putrid the offensive line was. Tommy Martin finally fell back to earth and had two shanked punts that really set up Miami in good field position. Mm -hmm. He only averaged 35 uh, yards per punt. It was a whole team effort the to game get was Willie Taggart. It was an implosion. It, it was an absolute implosion. The Florida State was not in it from, um, it seemed like, the beginning of the game. And you can't recover from that. I, I don't know where Florida State will stand, and um, we'll, we'll have a, a caller call in just after the break and get a little bit more on that. But looking forward... Uh, to who could possibly replace Willie Taggart, is there is there an option for Florida State to even win eight or nine games next year, given Kalen Laburn is most likely going to transfer, given Cam Akers is going to go to the NFL, uh, James Blackman not going to be back at Florida State, Alex Hornibrook graduating, Marvin Wilson going to the NFL. These are all the, the guys that they talked about stepping up in those meetings when they said Marvin Wilson and, and Cam Akers. Those guys are not going to be around next year. Where is the leadership going to come from? Last year, Florida State did not have that leadership. Where is it going to be? Well, to answer your first question about winning eight games, I think it's ridiculous to put those kind of expectations upon a coach. I know everyone likes to say, oh, Florida State has this expectation of being better and being great. But 
we're FSU's in a different spot right now. A spot that they have that I guess they've now been in before, but they're gonna have to learn that you gotta start low and then work your way up. And this isn't gonna be an eight-win season coming out of the gate next season. It's gonna be maybe if another five and six, maybe another was it, maybe another five and seven season, maybe a six and six if they're lucky enough. But it's gonna take a while to build because, like you said, they're not gonna have that experience. They're not gonna have the leadership that established leadership already here. Brett? Yeah, no, I, I I think they've got to take a step back, and Coburn said that over and over and over again at the presser today. They've got to take a step back, and they might have to take a step back and say, hey, this is going to be a rebuild. Thrasher and Coburn, we know they're probably on their way out next year or two. They've got to look and see, we're going to have a new university president, a new athletic director, a new head football coach. We've got to start from scratch. We've got to build this team the right way because we know where they've been lacking literally since the national championship, and, and it's going to be a huge project for whoever does end up here in I know you guys are going to hate this analogy, but coming from a South Florida sports perspective, the Miami Marlins, they had to take Jesus that step Christ. back. Once the, once the ownership group changed, they had to take a step back and evaluate what they had and say, hey, what has been working for us, and or sorry, what hadn't been working for this team, isn't working. They need to change. They need to start anew. They need to start from the ground up, and that's what the Miami Marlins have been doing recently, and that's why they have the number four Are prospect the Florida system. State Seminoles synonymous with the Miami Marlins No, but no. I'm just saying they have to take no, a step back and understand Listen, where hey, they're going and where they have to, what they have to do to get better, and that's when, something that you have to do. When I was standing outside of the press conference today, I, I went in for a little bit, followed online, I got a feeling eerily similar to, I don't know if you guys remember, Friday, December 1st of 2017. Jimbo mm-hmm. Fisher's Christmas tree is out on his front mm-hmm. lawn. Odell Higgins is later named the interim head coach. Um, and Florida State football seemed to be in a state of disarray from which it would hopefully recover but didn't really seem so at the time. Um I just want to remind everyone that this football team right now is four and five. They're not winless. And remember earlier I said that Taggart is just the fifth Power Five head coach to be fired within his first two years or within that range of the first two years. The other ones were one and twelve in the second <laughs> year, or you know, or uh, zero and twelve, one and eleven. You can look at 10. you can look at Walt Bell over at UMass, and I don't think he's won anything. Good mm-hmm. lord! So <laughs> hey, that was our offensive so coordinator last my year. My point is, if you look at this season, if Florida State can hold an eighteen-point lead at home against Boise State, if James Blackman can complete a wide-open pass to to Tamori and Terry against Virginia, if Florida State can make good decisions at the end of the Wake Forest game you are looking at a season that looks nothing like where we are right now it has no it does not down spiral to where we are right now everything that went bad went bad Florida State could have easily lost to Louisiana Monroe at home Mm -hmm, exactly they should have lost to easily you can say that I know say say it (laughs) tweet it tweet it tweet it yeah (laughs) tweet that um all I'm saying is there, there might be a guy that you can bring on to right the ship. There might be someone that comes in here, a Stoops brother or Fleck or whoever you bring in here that could do great and Florida State could be turned around. But all I'm saying is we are not going to forget that Willie Tiger got fired within the second season. If yes. that was the window, it's not just the fact that he did not do good enough. He didn't do good enough fast enough for these people. The boosters, the program, the fans here have set this now little expectation. This is the window. Okay, and for the next person, whoever it is, whatever their ethnicity is, yes, we are going to hold this window accountable and say, okay, if this person, this next person, is not doing as well as you wanted them to do in that first year and a half, we are going to start saying, well, you fire Taggart. You, he was the one with the lack of discipline, right? Oh, it's just about winning? It's not about that anymore. Mike, it's, it's a slippery slope. You don't want Florida State to turn into a USC, a Miami, a Florida, which Florida looks like they just righted the strip, a Nebraska, where these perennial programs that have been the top of college football cannot get it right on the coaching side and have fallen apart. They are in disarray as well. So who you're going to bring in that's going to be better, that's going to be better faster, and is going to have a better grasp on this team, a team full of recruits that this person is not responsible for. And and taking hold of a program that's, if you think about it, worse than what Taggart inherited. Yes. And, and taking that over is a saying prog- something, guys. And yeah. that's why I wanted to give Taggart a third year. That's why, like, Mark Richt, it took him about three years to start getting Miami back on the right track. And it's just it just hurts a team, like what you said. It really gives them that short window of opportunity now for the next guy. And it's 
It's a bit ridiculous. And we now get to see a regime change at the height of the of the transfer portal era. You know, now you don't have to worry about recruits just, you know, decommitting or flipping somewhere else. Now you've got to worry about guys that are already here on campus leaving mm-hmm. and going to other schools. That's going to be a huge challenge. I'll say this. I'll say this. If they were making this decision, they already know who they want. They would not make this decision. I'm not uh, they would not make this decision and say, hey, you know, they've been talking to the agents. They've been doing all these other things. They know the guy they want. And hopefully they can get it right because you are you cannot afford you can actually not afford at Florida State given what the athletic department is in the red to make the wrong hire before between the descent they hired Willie Taggart in four days anyone remember that they hired him in four days yes they knew that Taggart was the guy they had uh, mm-hmm. don't forget how this was the promised son the prodigal son returning that's what Willie Taggart's hire was so where does that leave you now I'm not really sure. But whoever you bring in, I, like I said, we're not. At least I'm not going to let people forget that window that Taggart had, and what this next person is going to deal with, and what they are going to be um, expected of in that amount of time. Well, guys, we're about halfway through the show. We'll have some little segment coming up soon. You're listening to Tomahawk Talk live on WVFS Tallahassee, the voice of Florida State. <laughs> a burning thing that makes the fire ring bound a wild desire I fell to a ring of fire I fell into a burning ring of fire I went down, down, down and flames as they went high and it burns, burns, burns the ring of fire the ring of and now over to Anthony Fernandez with the Seminole segment. What's up, everybody? I'm Anthony Fernandez with your Seminole segment. The fifth-ranked Florida State soccer team continued to prove they're a force to be reckoned with after defeating number 22 Clemson in the first round of the ACC tournament. Dana Cassianos knocked in her 11th goal of the season in the 17th minute, and the Knolls held the Tigers scoreless heading into the second half. Tigers freshman forward Lauren Brun stepped up big in the 63rd minute, scoring her first goal of her career to tie the matchup at 1. In the 77th minute of play, Jalen Howell struck a dagger to the back of the net, helping the Knolls take the 2-1 victory. Looking back at Dana Cassianos, her assist on the last goal allowed her to take sole possession of second place on FSU's all-time points list. Moving on from the pitch to the links, the FSU men's golf team wrapped up their fall season in the Bahamas with a second-place finish at the White Sands Invitational. The team shot 24 under par, scoring better than top-ranked Wake Forest and number 2 SMU. John Pack led the Knowles in this one as his season-low 65 in the final round of the tournament brought him to sixth place individually. Along with Pack, Jamie Lee and Calvin Sirota also finished in the top 11 after both finished sixth under par. Although the team is not ranked in the top 25, these three golfers will be a key to the Knowles' success in the springtime. The Seminoles' spring season will start on February 10th when they head to the Mobile Sports Authority Intercollegiate in Alabama. That's all I have for today's Seminoles segment. This is Anthony Fernandez, and now let's send it back to the guys in the booth. Thanks, Anthony. Good stuff. We are just on the other side of the break. We've been talking about Willie Taggart and uh, the surprising firing for Florida State. We're going to throw on Jay Sutton, who is a V89 sports anchor and host of Knowles All Access. He has been a close uh, acquaintance of Willie Taggart, and uh, he's got a lot to say about the firing. So, Jay, can you hear me? I can hear you, man. What's going on? All right, Jay, what are your initial thoughts on uh, how the uh, how the, the firing went down at Florida State, knowing that you, you were going to have a show with him on Sunday afternoon? Um, yeah, I was heartbroken, man, initially. I was one of the first people to know about it. Of course, I couldn't relay that information. Um, but, yeah, my heart dropped when I first heard about it. I, I could sense it coming, but I thought that it would be – at the end of the season. Why was it Sunday. too early, Jay? Say that again? Why was it too early? 
said, why was it too early? Yes. Um, I don't know if I'm the best person to ask. The reason why I say that is because I haven't been around Florida State forever like you all have. So you all or the fans here are pretty cutthroat, pretty pretty ruthless. Um, I am from North Carolina. It's not a football state. So my mindset is you give a guy three to four years to turn it around. Uh, a lot of people openly admit that he inherited a bad situation. So you give him a few years, give him time to get his guys in to turn it around. Hey, Jay. It's, it's, that's uh, not how it works here in Florida State. Hey, Jay, it's Brett here. Uh, what what was the atmosphere like? You said you were on campus when you heard the news. What was the atmosphere uh, like around the Moore Center yesterday? Oh, yeah, yeah. I was there as soon as it came down. Uh, saw a lot of tears, a lot of frustration. Players were very hurt about the news when they got it. Jay, as um, an acquaintance and pretty good friend of Willie Taggart, we saw you had a little bit of thoughts on Twitter um, what has he done for your career when you first started at Florida State? He, he's just been so helpful, um, so respectful. He always tells me anything he needs, just reach out to him, let him know. We had some big plans coming, access that he was going to give me that no one else um, was going to get. And for someone as early in my broadcasting career, that would be huge for me. Um, but now that stuff won't happen, obviously, because he's no longer with us, so. I mean, he's alive, but you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it sounded a little morbid the way that you just said that. I'm not going to lie. Jay, this is Michael Hudak. Um, what personality traits are you looking for in the next head coaching hire for Florida State? What do you think they need? Because you've got kind of a front row seat to the personality of the head football coach and the leader of the Florida State football program. What are you looking for in the next person? Me, personally, I just want someone to come in and win. Um, but thinking about Florida State and thinking about the fans, keeping them in mind, I think they want somebody with the fiery personality. That's just what they want. They want somebody aggressive and loud and all that good stuff. So if they can get someone to come in like that that can connect with the fan base, that's fine. I don't personally care. As long as you win, you can be quiet as a mouse. <laughs> Jay, but looking at the Miami the game, it was, it was not what Florida State um, had in mind losing 27-10. to 10. How did that? How how would that result shape your view of the Taggart era? That particular game, the Miami game. Yes, that was a bad game. That that was a that was a bad game. That, that's that's the game where you know me as good as anyone. You know that uh, I'm on the Taggart train. That was a game where I was like, "That's ugly. That's going to be hard to sell to fans, boosters, whoever." Um, that one hurt. Jay, Gary here. Who is on your list right now, on your big board, for who's going to replace Willie Taggart? <laughs> um, a guy that they have already said that um, if Taggart got hit by a bus, he would not be the coach. Oh, get really? out of here. Wow. Wow. No you're the, Oh, you're that guy. <laughs> Do you think Coburn really hit him with a bus? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, nah, that's not what I'm saying, but uh, I, I think he's a – He's a, he's a darn good coach. For for the uh, people who don't know, that would be Urban Meyer. So, so what? So so you believe that? Do you, I don't think Florida State would tiger uh, or would uh, target oh, a Freudian Urban Meyer. There. <laughs> I, I couldn't hear you. That was I said. Like, I said on. I don't think that Florida State would target a Urban Meyer figure. A lot of n- names being thrown around, but uh, two Stoops is Mark Stoops at Kentucky and Bob Stoops who. Either retired or possibly He's with the Dallas got Renegades from Oklahoma. Yeah, you hear those names being thrown around a lot. Um, I'm not opposed to either of those. Probably Bob Stoops is the favorite of the two. I, there's a guy I like that's actually already on the team. I don't think he's quite ready yet, but I would like to see him stick around and maybe one day him be the head coach. And he goes by the name of Kendall Browns. Okay, well, I, I like that one. I like that, Jay. <laughs> you you heard it here first. Jay is uh, interested in a coach in waiting, kind of uh, like what we saw with Jimbo Fisher. Uh, well, Jay, thank you for joining us. Hopefully uh, you can get some good content for Knowles Hall Access. I know that you were unable to get any football this week. Um, and and really, uh, we, we hope that your future here at Florida State is bright and healthy uh, <laughs> headed, headed forward. Thanks, Jay. Thanks for joining us. All right, thanks for the call. That was Jay Sutton, a V89 sports anchor, along with 
being the host of Knowles All Access. I'm on um, a CBS News article, or I think NCAA College Football CBS News, and I just imagine the, they have on the if you're being a realist for Florida State options, if you're being a dreamer. And the I like second, that. the second name, if you're being a realist, is Mike Leach from Washington State. That's the second that's name. The I feel like if that's, that's a, the second name ooh. if you're being a realist. I just want to see Leach and Jay Sutton next to each other every week. Oh my god! <laughs> I just, just want to see those two guys next to each other at the end polar, of every week. Polar opposite. <laughs> Must watch could you television. Imagine that. I, half could hour? you imagine? <laughs> could you imagine the press conferences with Mike Leach at Florida State? Because the the Washington State reporters, I guarantee you, there are not as many as there are at Florida could State. You, yeah. It would be running. I've read articles. That would be must-watch television. I've read articles about Mike Leach where they have QB meetings, and he'll be talking about aliens and all these other things for 40 minutes, and they don't talk a lick about football. I don't know. I'm, ex- I'm excited. We'd right. get the Obviously. ACC mascot breakdown. Who would win in a battle between all the ACC mascots? Oh my god! I think you'd be. Uh, I well, think uh, Osceola and Renegade would be a uh, huge favorites. Well, guys, uh, what, let's get into who we believe should <laughs> succeed or will succeed at. Oh gosh, at, at Florida State. Um, throw out some names. Jay said that there needed to be a a real opposite guy than Willie Taggart and a tone setter, a, a, a loud mouth per se. There, there are other ways. He said he can that deal. he just wants. A winner. Yeah, I, I mean, would say. Winning, I would say. Uh, easier done. said than done. Thank you. I don't know. I, I think you done. also said we needed a hashtag a hole. So we'll see if they get that. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm what Jay said. He liked Kendall Bryles as kind of a coach in waiting or kind of waiting to come up. But someone related to Kendall Bryles. You know, Whoa. I'm. You know where I'm starting off right now? No. No. Not like. Per, no. 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 Oh. Not like, no. 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 I'm not sorry. as far. I know. I didn't mean personally related. I didn't mean per, like. I didn't mean like a family member related. Okay. I'm turning. I'm talking in terms of like coaching. He was with him a couple years ago down in Boca Raton, Lane Florida. Kiffin is Lane what we're getting, Kiffin. the Lane train. Mike, can you just put this to, 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 to you, bed right why, now? Why me? <laughs> I mean, this is ridiculous. Lane Kiffin at Florida State, I don't think he that would ever work. He has interest in the job. The, yeah. well, it's a legitimate well, thing. The, but the only but thing he came out on Twitter and well, said yeah, no. He did, he did tweet that, but that could be a smokescreen. Lane Kiffin's known to mess around on yeah, Twitter. That, that doesn't mean anything. L- listen, there's, yeah, that exactly. doesn't mean anything. There's one guy that I've seen his name thrown around briefly. I don't know if it's a realistic option. I've been saying his name for months. Jeff Scott, the co-offensive coordinator at Clemson. He grew up here in Tallahassee. His dad was Bobby Bowden's recruiting coordinator. Uh, through that, throughout the 90s, Jeff Scott is now the recruiting coordinator at Clemson, runs the state of Florida in recruiting, if you haven't really checked recently. So I think Jeff Scott would be a guy that's been around excellence, that would be a great guy to bring in, but he also might be waiting for the job there in Columbia. Mike, who is your guy? I, I like that as a, I guess you could consider that a wild card, right? You would yeah, say that's a wild that's card for because sure it's just not card. on the list. of. Uh, to me, the top option if you're being a dreamer is Bob Stoops. The top option, if you're being a realist, is Mark Stoops. To me, Mark Stoops has done a great job at Kentucky. And if you want someone that has that kind of resume that can handle possibly bringing up a a quarterback like that, um, then uh, that's probably the guy that you want to go with. Bob Stoops might be the bigger name. And, yeah, he kind of left a shot at having a national championship again at Oklahoma. But you've got a program here that, once again, is in worse shape than what Willie Taggart inherited. What does that say? And again, the window that we're looking at here, I'm not going to let this go. I'm never going to let this go. Willie Taggart was fired within the first two years. And this next person, they better right the ship and be better and better faster than what Willie Taggart was within two years. Because because they're not, and they are of a different ethnicity, we are not about to just sit here and be like, oh yeah, it's all right. Well, I'll say this for for Florida State listeners who do not know Mark Stoops. Mark Stoops was the defensive coordinator for Florida State right, yeah, in 2010 and uh, through 2012. The following year, Florida State won the national championship. So you can attribute a lot of the defense to what Mark Stoops left. He went over to Kentucky, did not do good in his first couple years, and finally won 10 games at Kentucky. Beat Florida last year. A head coach not doing well within two to three years and then doing well after that? Yeah. What? Also, it's Kentucky and the SEC. That's a pretty that uh, pretty, yeah. pretty tough thing. But you're, you're saying it took him a while to do it. Is that the type of guy? He has a losing record at, at Kentucky, 40 and 43. People are saying, well, why would we hire another coach with a losing record? But it is Kentucky football. Look at the sample size and all, and then look in the sample side, cut it in half, and see what that second half has looked like and how he has righted the ship in the yes. second half of that And And side. with injuries this year, his starting quarterback goes down in, I believe, the first or second game of the season, right. still 500. That's why Mark Stoops, to me, is the best option, because he also, like you mentioned, and I should have prefaced my statement by saying that, that he was here before, Four to for ties. three years, I think, yes. total. 
um, and built a pretty good defense here that ended up being unstoppable. You need to have a guy that rejuvenates the program and not only inspires the guy in the locker room, but the guys that used to be in that locker room too. And if there's someone on this list that can do it, I believe that it's him. Gary, Gary, do you think that they sh- that the next coach at Florida State should have ties to the program, or should they be completely an outsider and try to change that look? It would certainly help if they knew what they were getting into in the program, because Mark Stoops, obviously being from Florida State or having worked at Florida State, knows kind of where things should go, how things need to be worked, how to deal with the fan base almost, even though he really didn't deal with the media all that much because he was defensive coordinator. I think it would really help, but also it can really help to be an outsider and come in with a fresh perspective like what we all loved with Willie. He was that fresh perspective, the breath of fresh air. He was like the one to save us all, pretty much. <laughs> Brett? I, I think we're, we're throwing out names like Mark Stoops, who has a pretty good job at Kentucky. We've talked about he's turned the team around. Do you think he's looking at the Florida State job? They just fired Willie Taggart in less than two seasons. It's a complete rebuild. You think that's a job that he wants to walk yes. into? Can you win, can you win a it, national championship at Kentucky? No. no. There you go. I think it entices you even more to take yeah. that job. As a, it proves you, we, that you're we, a good we, coach. We underestimate what it takes to make it to that level as of coach in football. If you make it that far and you were the defensive coordinator at a place that's a three-time national champion, that is one of the premier supposed to be supposed to be one of the premier football programs and you in the country and you have the power to turn it around and bring it back and restore the glory days that once were you take that opportunity as a, as a, as a, as a, as a head that's exactly what happened with Willie Taggart i i would not be surprised yep. if mark stoops say he hypothetically was hired and hypothetically we had another hypothetical press conference where john thrasher and and everybody is we're all celebrating in the champions club and tipping champagne and all this stuff and this guy says, this has been my dream job. You know, when they go, when I got the call, it was, you know, my son's in the kitchen crying and I have to be <laughs> yep. there crying and everyone's crying. And we just said, yes, I would not be surprised if that happened with Mark Stoops. I, would it be the best like career move? Maybe it ends up just as, just like Willie Taggart's. Yes. For the and I'll say up. this. I, I want to point out, I want to point out <coughs> that Mark Stoops is is overshadowed by his older brother. There is such thing as a sibling rivalry. Mm-hmm. His third brother, you could argue, the defensive coordinator, former defensive coordinator for Oklahoma, was he, was was just as um, renowned. And you look at Mark Stoops. This is something that he could build his own at at Oklahoma. Bob Stoops built that program up, and now Mark Stoops will have a chance to build a perennial program up and be proud of that. Be like a Bobby Bowden figure because you have to understand. Chasing Bobby Bowden, one of the greatest coaches of all time, is not an easy thing to do. Mm-mm. Look at what they Jimbo did. Jimbo made it look easy. A he lo- won a national championship. And look what and look what <laughs> happened right afterwards. It collapsed pretty quick. You look at Alabama. What happened after Bear Bryant left? It took years, decades, for them to come back. You look at Tennessee right now when Phil Fulmer left. They they are not even close to what they were before. It's worrisome to see what Florida State can turn into. You don't want them to turn into a Nebraska team, but. With Mark Stoops, you know that he has that Florida State pedigree that he could possibly turn around the thing and and really want to be a null. Exactly, but I want to go over to this now. Regardless of who Florida State brings in as their next head coach, do you think we're going to see the same kind of celebration like when Willie was brought in? Because it was a lot. There was good the, lord, no, like, Willie. no, I, I'm saying, yeah, I don't oh think you can God. touch that. <laughs> I think no, it, the answer is no. Yeah, the promotion okay. is not. <laughs> That's what I'll, I'll say. This. No, I'm the promotion saying, isn't going to no. be that much either, Mike. I don't think that the athletic department know, they know they aren't going to have to promote this as much because it adds too much more pressure. The only mm-hmm. person that knew what kind of shape the Florida State football program was at when I, I mentioned the date earlier, December first yep. of 2017. The only person that actually had a true grasp of how bad things were was Jimbo Fisher, and he left. I don't think any of us really truly realized what this program was and how fragile it was at that time and what just a couple of bad games, a half a bad season, a bad season, God forbid, a bad year and a half could possibly do to this program, the recruiting grounds, etc. Mike, the year before he was going to LSU. People forget about that. He was gone to LSU and they decided not to. I, Stan I, Wilcox, baby. That was my guy. They, I, yeah. I, I'm just saying that people forget how bad it was and Willie Tiger did make it a positive step. But what matters is what's on the football field. And I want to throw out two more candidates, or I should say, yeah, two more candidates that are possibilities. And this is this is a dream one that I don't think anyone has thrown out there, and that is Chris Peterson at Washington. He built the Boise State program into what they are today, went to Washington, took them to a college football playoff. 
I don't know if he wants to leave the West Coast, but that would be a home run hire. I don't think anyone would argue against that. And then the number two is Luke Fickle over at Cincinnati. What he has done, making them a top 25 program. They got stomped against Ohio State. That's their only loss this year. Ohio State could be the national championship winning team. He was the offensive coordinator at Ohio State. Only one loss this year. Those two seem like very solid candidates. What about to me. how do we feel about Venables? That was the other one, Brent I Venables. Don't, I don't, just you like, mentioned the, just, uh, just, the Clemson. Yeah, yeah, the and I, I think Venables at. would be the polar opposite to Taggart, where you see Venables on the sideline. He's getting into those players, inspiring them. It's just, does he want to go to the opposite of Dabo Sweeney? I don't know, but he said he was waiting for – he's ap- had opportunities to coach at other schools. He said he was waiting for the right one. Is Florida State that right opportunity? I don't think so. Not for him. It's just too much coming into it. I like it, it, Gary. I like it. I know. I like the coach. I like him as a coach, but does he like coming to Florida State? Where where else would he go? Where else would he go? He's not going to go to another ACC team. Well, why would he? Why would he go to the ACC in general? Why would he? It's winnable there, wouldn't you say, Mike? It's winnable, (laughs) yes, but he would have to play Clemson every single season. I, I don't know. Maybe the, twice. The way we've talked that Florida State has has a man in place. The, the, we're just throwing out random names. We we don't have any any traction or anything yet. I know we've got a you know content for the sake of content, but but a guy like Fickle, I I don't know if Florida State that that jump he needs to make. We saw what happened to Willie Taggart. I know he was at Oregon for a year, but he made a a, a, a massive jump. He had a meteoric rise through college football. I I really think Florida State, if they do have a man picked out, and we we don't know. They want someone that is proven at the highest level. They want maybe one of the Stoops brothers. You know, you could you could almost say that PJ Fleck has that pedigree now as well with at what Minnesota. he's done at Minnesota. Uh, but but again, at this point in time, they're just names. We don't have we don't have traction on anything yet. Mike, what? Well, let's look at <laughs> what was the question. I, I was going to say, well, well, Mike, let's look ahead to this Boston College game because that's all. That's all that Odell. Guys, the team's four that's, and five. That's they're all. Not winless. Yeah, I know. They're, that's they're all, not even technically out of the postseason. Wait, they're still, still a bowl game. That, that is that is okay, all that Odell Hagens was talking about in his I mean, press conference. Said on the, on the Boston College on the Boston fired. College. Anyway, yeah, on the Boston <laughs> College. Odell Hagen's the uh, the best winning percentage in Florida State history. Oh, shut uh, up. People, people forget about that. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, this is the second time he has been the interim head coach, uh, undefeated. And you're going up against a Boston College team that people forget. This is when all the animosity within the program was happening was two years ago when Jimbo Fisher went up to Chestnut Hill and got stomped 35 to 3. That really started. It was 35 to 3, 32 point loss. On a Friday. On a a Friday. It was a red bandana game. This year it's going to be the red bandana game. They're going to play inspired. Florida State, when they went up to Notre Dame last year in the cold, could not play for a lick. And I think that once again, they're going to play in a possible snowy condition in Boston College, below 30 degrees. They do not play well in the cold and rain. You saw that at Wake Forest. Mike, this is a very losable game. And and you look at you look at Boston College right now, they just stomped Syracuse on the road 58-27. to 27. Well, apparently every game this year has been a losable game. I mean, <laughs> every every game's a winnable game, too. Whatever. Um, they, oh. <laughs> clearly, they need to win this game if they have any hope of making a postseason run you got Alabama State the next week which a team that right now is four and five of course you're probably the likelihood is that you're not going to go to Gainesville and beat the Gators we with you know I'm not really could you really imagine the press is breaking news if I say that Luke. people people but, say people say that they would build Odell a statue if he beat Florida they might need to build one anyway <laughs> they might as but, well build him a statue right yeah. now yeah, <laughs> yeah, been here long enough two-time uh, head coach but Mike looking mm-hmm. at this Boston College team AJ Dillon is number two in the entire nation with 1286 yards rushing he's torn up Florida State in the years that he's been at the school everywhere else Boston College is not good how can they stop these guys uh, stop AJ Dillon who coming into the year was a Heisman Trophy candidate. Florida State's got a pretty good running back of their own. They need to utilize him. They need to fix the offensive line and have some kind of game plan that avoids it. And and I don't know. I think it starts with who you start at quarterback as well. But, I, like, you need to rely on your best players. How you need you... to go back to the old, you know, notebook and, and find your best players, get them in space. That's the only way you win this game. And I think you have to run the football, how do you, especially in these conditions. How do you fix an O-line? In a week, 
Especially after well, giving up nine no, sacks obviously the you previous can't. game. You, you fix the scheme of the offense and try to avoid the problems. That's why well, I said you avoid everything that you can. So that means James Blackman's going to start because obviously I, the scheme changes when the it way to comes go. to the quarterback changes. And you have to understand that in the press conference, Odell said he is not going to do anything on the offensive side. He's giving it all to Kendall Bryles, so there's no excuse of if Willie Taggart had any influence or whatnot. Kendall Bryles is calling the game exclusively offensively, and I like what that's what, what that's going to do, but... Florida State right now is in a very precarious situation. Are they going to play inspired football, or are they going to lay down? Well, the players have two options. They can either play for a bowl game to go back to Shreveport or wherever they would go, or they can quit. And now that the administration has fired the head football coach, I don't care what you say, they've punted on this season. So if you're looking for the long-term success of this football team, you got to play James Blackman from here on out. Alex yep. Hornibrook's going to be out of the program in a month and a half, and it's going to, you know, you've, you've now got James Blackman who might leave anyways. So I think you've got to do whatever it takes to keep James Blackman in the court in in the quarterback room next season. And I think that starts with playing him at Boston College, even if Hornibrook gives you a better chance to win on the day, which I don't think he does. Another okay. problem that Florida State could get into here is that I know there, but BC or Anthony Brown will not be playing this game. It's going to go back to, or it's still going to Dennis Crisell. He only threw 10 passes against Syracuse. They have one of the worst passing offenses in the country. But Florida State up. seemed to have a pretty bad secondary the past few weeks. They or so. also have the worst. Uh, they have the worst defense in the country as well. So you could think that maybe we'll let James Blackman fling it loose, but can you fling it? In cold in, uh, cold conditions where it's snowing, and I, I don't fling know. It if you don't have any time to throw it, exactly. So obviously, I think they everything can block BC yeah. to an extent, yeah. way, way more than what they faced against Syracuse, yes. Miami. You have pretty good defensive lines. Well, I I don't know where this Florida State program will go after this Boston College game and the Alabama State game, but it it almost seems like Florida State is in that period where when Florida won those four games uh, a couple years ago, and you're looking at the Florida program and saying. That's not what's going to – that 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 program is in disarray. It's gone. And now the the thing is flipped. Florida State has not won a rivalry game in, in six games. They were 0-5 in the Taggart era. Going forward, the new head coach for Florida State is going to have to win rivalry games if he wants to stay around. And you can look at everything else, and I saw something on Twitter that really stood out to me, and it was the top ten of Willie Taggart wins in his career. And there wasn't a ten because he didn't win a tenth game. And mm-hmm. I, looked at the, I looked at the games that, that they had listed – as best wins, and the best win BC was against. Had to have been the favorite. I think BC the was the the best win that was last year, and their second best win was North Carolina this this year. Those that's not good. That's you mean not North good. North Carolina yet. State. Yeah, North Carolina okay. State. He's, well, me. he's gone now. That's in the past. Now, and, and like you said, though, you, you got to win big focus. games. Win big games. Not if you're Jim Harbaugh, apparently. That well, that's <laughs> that, true. Yeah. But you look ahead the next year. Florida State for the first, is it the first game of the season? They're going to have to go to Boise State. No, I know. No, no. It's at, at, we at West in Atlanta against in Atlanta or yeah, in Atlanta against West Virginia. And then the next game is in Boise State. Are you kidding me? That is going to be a brutal but schedule. Assuming that the next head coach is here through a good chunk of the 2020s, he's going to get LSU. He's going to get Georgia. He's going to get Alabama. Mm-hmm. The home series, the, yeah. yeah, all those series. So it's a t- tough job to yeah. come into, Should guys. We, can I ask this question? Should we? Uh, we don't want to look back too much, but do you guys question giving Taggart the throne, the five years, and all this money? And what do you? Do we put any pressure on the administration here? Is it just on Taggart? Is it? Is it not on the people actually it, making the decisions? I I, I just want to <laughs> preface this with it stinks because. Stan Wilcox is not the athletic director at Florida State anymore, so the accountability is not there. You can push it over to Thrash or you can push it over other other places, but to give him a six-year deal, and now Florida State is going to have the second-largest buyout in history be- behind Charlie Weiss, that was incompetence. It truly was. And if this was Willie Taggart's, <laughs> if this was if this was Willie Tra- Taggart's dream job, he was going to leave for whatever. He had all the cards and got a hell of a deal. You think that he's not going to have to he's not going to have to coach for 6 or 7 years and get 18 million dollars. I think that he'll he'll be just fine. No, so I, can you answer the question? Do you how much <laughs> do you put on the administration? If you had to give percentages. Uh I would say 80%. I that, still that stand 80%. By, no, 80%. I, you cannot give a guy I, that much money. And 20% on That Taggart. was the market standard. That was the market Subsequently. standard. Yeah. At the time that was the market standard. I still stand by the fact that at the time that hire was made in the situation it had to be made when Jimbo leaves in a hurry to Texas A&M that Willie Tiger was the best hire they could have made. It didn't work out hindsight 2020, but at the time I still stand by the fact Let, that. Let's that look at what Willie Tiger did at his previous stops. He did not ever win a conference championship. He had uh one, I believe one 10 win season 
So you, you look at it, and it's not like he was the guy. It wasn't like Jim Harbaugh coming from Stanford in uh, the San, San Francisco 49ers. But Jim Harbaugh now, you can even argue, didn't even work out at Michigan. But who are they going to hire that gets better? And who are they going to hire at Florida State that will be better than Willie Taggart? Well, go back to that year. Who else would you have hired? Who else? I'm, it's not question. the person. But, it's not the hire. I know. It's the yeah, that's standard a, I know. of the hire. I understand that it might have been the, the what do you call it? What was the word that you used? Standard across the board? The market standard for the, the market money, standard. Yeah, money-wise. Was it, should it have not been? That was my that was my point. Obviously, we're running out of time. But just something, yeah. just, for, you know, food for thought. Think about that. But it's not all on the head coach. It's on I, the people making the decisions. I agree. We'll, we'll see what happens going forward. I know that this is probably one of the more exciting times in, in Florida State. One thing I will say. I would not say exciting I, I think it's exciting to, as, a media, as a media member. It's exciting to see what will happen. We're put in this perspective of before I didn't really – I wasn't around Willie Taggart when the hire happened, and now I'm going to be all up in the next hire. One thing that stood out to me <laughs> was how uh, – and coverage, coverage. I'll say this. One thing that stood out to me was – the relief on some of the SIDs' faces in that, in the mood in that press conference was a lot more different than what I thought it would have been. I thought it would have been a lot more negative, and it wasn't. So we'll see going forward what what happens, Gary. Sebastian's giving you the time cue from. Oh, producer. I know, Sebastian. I know. It. Well, we, we will we will step aside, uh, of course, for for Brett like Rutherford, for, for Brett Rutherford, Michael Hudak, Gary Putnick. Gianna over on Twitter. I am Luke Fay. This was Tomahawk Talk on WVFS Tallahassee. The voice of Florida State. New release is up next. See-